Hello, I'm Brooke. Welcome to Knit Sew Craft. We're here to talk about knitting, sewing, and all things crafty. Come on over to Instagram at Knit Sew Craft Podcast after the episode to see what I've been working on each day. Our sponsor today is Sunny Day Fiber Arts. They carry high quality handmade items such as stuffed animals and masks, as well as craft supplies like project bags and stitch markers. Be sure to check them out on Etsy at Sunny Day Fiber Arts. Hey y'all, welcome to Knit Sew Craft. Uh, it's been a challenging couple of weeks, uh, so I'm sorry about my absence last week, but I'll talk a little bit about that later on in the show. Um, welcome to episode 12, which I'm calling Challenges in Craft Shows. Uh, I had two craft shows on back-to-back -back Saturdays. The first one was on the 19th in Fletcher, and a man and I shared a booth at Drunk in the Trunk at the garage. Um, I did all right, but most of my sales came in after the show ended, which is great. Um, it would have been nice to have those sales during the show, though, but it's okay. It's all right. Um, I had a custom doll ordered. Yay! A sweet girl ordered one for herself. Uh, she has five sisters, and so she wanted something that's just for her. And I had a really fantastic time making it. She has this gorgeous wild blonde hair and I wanted to, and hopefully I did, capture her hair. It. She also requested holes in the jeans. So instead of having the jeans as part of the body, I made white shoes and the, you know, just flesh colored legs. And then I crocheted in the back loop when I changed to the shirt color because uh, my dolls are made from toe up, just like how I like to make socks. Um, then I crocheted the jeans from the top down and added a couple of stitches to the top so it would fit over the stuffed body. So like, um, I, instead of having 40 stitches around, I ended up making like 42 stitches around and that way it would fit over the body as it was stuffed. Um, I, then I split the piece in half for the legs and, um, had like 22 on each side. So I added a stitch for each of those as well. And then um, to for the holes, I made like a chain stitch. And then uh, when I went back on the next round, I went into the chain stitch um, to make little uh, like holes, little rips in her jeans. And what else did I do? Um, and then I connected the jeans to the body through the front loop uh, at the color change on the body so that the um, the shoes are on permanently. Um, her legs are flesh colored. Her shirt is on permanently. That's like, you know, uh, crocheted into the full doll. And then the jeans, theoretically, you can take them off, but you'd have to like snip part, uh, you know, the part that I sewed it together, but the jeans are sewn on. Um, but it came out really, really cute. I really love it. Um, and I will be giving that to her today. So hopefully she loves it too. She sent me a message. Um, I sent her a picture of it and then she sent me a message saying that she loves it. Can't wait to see it in person. Um, I did also put a dowel, uh, down the middle of her body. So it goes almost from like her crotch point all the way up to the crown of her head, which is, um, like I, I bought six inch dowels and I think they're a quarter inch. Yeah, I think uh, I have a quarter inch, six inch dowels. And so it gives it like a really stiff, upright feel. So it might not be great solution for um, like baby toy, or, you know, like toddler toys. But for uh, this girl said that she was going to be putting it up on her bookshelf as kind of like a reminder of who she is. 
And so I felt like having it a little bit more upright and stiff because she wasn't going to be playing with it, I thought would be a good idea. And so it came out really, really cute. I love it. Can't wait to see what she thinks of it. Uh, the show itself was really nice, um, like sunny and, you know, white fluffy clouds, but it was really windy. Amanda and I both went home with a little bit more money in our pockets and some sunburn. <laughs> Uh, I think Amanda did better than I did, and I'm so proud of her. She did awesome. Uh, she sold a couple of her amazing embroideries, and her beard bay went to a really good home. We also sold our coordinating spring gnome pieces, which I was so excited about. Uh, Amanda had shown me a gnome embroidery that she had the outline for but hadn't started making yet, and I suggested that we coordinate and make them as sort of a set. So I made a cute gnome with coral, light purple, a bright green, and a golden yellow. Um, when I was finished, I sent the photo to Amanda, and she followed up with the gnome embroidery, gnome embroidery using the same colors. And she even replicated the striped pattern from the hat from my gnome uh, into her embroidery, and she did a phenomenal job. Those did not sell at the show, but a friend of mine um, asked for them, asked to buy them after the show had ended as a present for her grandmother's birthday. So they were very springy, um, and I will be sure to post pictures of those on the blog so you can see how cute they were. Um, the next show was the following Saturday, the 26th, and that one was tough for sure. Uh, it was in Waynesville, which is about a 45 minute drive from where I am. Um, and we had to be inside the gates by 730. Uh, and they had like an early sale, uh, from eight to eight 30. Um, and so you had to be like basically completely set up by eight o'clock gates opened at five. Um, and you had to be in by 7 30. Uh, so Amanda met me at my house at about, I think like about 6 15. Um, we got there just after seven o'clock, had a few minutes to set up. Um, thankfully I had gone in beforehand on Friday afternoon to see where my space was. Um, to, I dropped off the tables and the chair and I just used a big tarp to cover it all up so that all I had to bring in on Saturday morning was just product. And, um, then Amanda and I could just use that time to set up, um, instead of having to like set up, you know, all the tables and everything. Uh, it, at the end, it looked really good. I thought, um, I definitely need more height, but I think for the space that we had and for the product that we had, uh, I think that it was a pretty good setup, but it was very cold. It was cold and it was very windy. Uh, there were two buildings full of vendors and then about 20 more in the adjacent arena. The arena was covered, but it had open sides and it had a packed dirt floor. There was no heat at all. Uh, there were several, um, there was a couple, you know, there were a couple issues with the show. And to be clear, this is just my experience. There were several vendors there that had amazing sales and were repeat vendors, but, but there were several things that I would have done differently if I were an organizer and that I have suggested to the organizer to do better for next time. Um, there were no signs showing which areas had vendors, including to the arena. So you just, and this, uh, the Smoky Mountain Event Center is kind of like off of a side road. So it's not even like you have to know where it is 
to get there. And the only signs that I ever saw was like their digital billboard that had um, the show for that day and then other shows and their dates um, coming through as well. So if you didn't know about it, there was no way to know about it. So that was pretty frustrating. Uh, there were no signs showing where the vendors were in the on the property. So not only did you just have to know where this um, property was, um, you just had to figure out when the date was. So if you weren't local, you had no idea. Um, but then once you got onto the property itself, there were no signs showing they had parking attendants, um, like to guide you to where customers were supposed to park. Um, but there were no signs showing what buildings had vendors in them. And there were no signs showing that there were, uh, additional vendors in the arena. So not only were we outside cold, chilly on packed dirt floor with no heat, people also didn't know that we were there. Customers didn't know that we were there. Um, I, I, so I had gone inside to shop and to get warm because it was cold and overheard several people say that they didn't know that there were more vendors outside, but that it was too cold to shop outside. So one, no signs showing that there are people or vendors in the arena. Two, it's freezing outside. Three, um, people didn't want to come outside. You know, it was just, it was really frustrating. And I don't blame the organizers for the weather. I, they do not control the weather. They don't, you know, we have an idea of what it's going to be like, but the weather's never going to, weather prediction's never going to be 100%. And that's totally fine. I 100% understand that. Um, however, it would have been fantastic to know that the vendors in the arena were on a packed dirt ground, which was super fantastic when we had dust storms blow through and it got dirt on all of our products. And I don't mean just a, just a few, um, I mean that there was a literal tornado tornado in there at one point and it was, you know, it wasn't huge, but you could see the dirt swirling up <laughs> in a funnel. Um, and I was several, I was kind of like in the middle of the arena in the middle of a row. So I was kind of protected on, there was someone at my back and there were people on two sides of me. So three sides were completely surrounded but yet I got huge amounts of dirt and dust on all of my products. Not that they can't be washed, um, but there were people there with, you know, unloading clothes. I can't even imagine having, you know, shopping for something at that event, coming home and having to shake the dirt out. It, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. So, I had not known that there was going to be a dirt floor. I had just assumed, and you know what happens when you assume some, something, you make an ass out of yourself, right? So for reference, the arena at the Ag Center close to me also has a dirt floor. It's also off a of main road. Um, <laughs> and they have signs everywhere. <laughs> um, but when staff comes around and, and several other... Um, several other events come around, they spread like the outdoor green carpet stuff on it that kind of looks like grass, but it's like super, super short and thin. And I had assumed that either it was going to be concrete or they would have the green carpet on it. And I was wrong. 
like we had to shake out everything that we brought. So not only was I kind of shaking it out through, through the day, but my bags had like a thin layer of dirt settled in the bottom of them. Um, it was just, it was not my favorite. Um, it was a great experience. Uh, Amanda was sweet enough to come with me all the way to Waynesville in the cold to a show that I made $9 at. So she gave up her Saturday. It was cold. It was early and she was there for me. And I just, I appreciate that so, so much as discouraged as I was, I can't even imagine how she felt. I could imagine how she felt. Um, but it was just, it was, it was an experience, you know, there's, there's negative and positives to it. Um, and I do want to do, uh, an episode with her later talking about craft shows and like, you know, setting up and figuring out what might appeal to your customers the most. Um, I can give some insight into the organizing side of it, but for now, we're just talking about my experiences as a vendor. So we both did some shopping and that was actually really good. Um, there were some really cool vendors there and the organizers really did do a great job of getting a wide variety of vendors. Uh, it definitely had a mm, Southern modern farmhouse decor wonderland vibe to it. Um, it you know, you walk in and you you're at a Hobby Lobby and it exploded. <laughs> um, it's, it's super cute. You know, there were some really good quality products there, but it was not everyone's cup of tea. And the things that I work, um, that called to me the most were the things that were not the items that I could buy at Hobby Lobby. You know, there were, um, there was one lady that had bird houses and they were like on a, <clears throat> on a wooden backer and she had a teapot with the top taken off of it, uh, screwed into the, um, wooden backer. And then there was like a little holder coming out at a 90 degree angle that held a cup and a saucer. So it, it was, um, it looked like, you know, you were pouring a cup of tea for someone. Um, but she had put, uh, but they were, uh, birdhouses, which I thought were just phenomenal. Um, another vendor that I remember did a lot of flower pressing between pieces of glass and they were all framed in gold. And I, I really, really appreciated her work. Um, so some of the, the vendors that I liked the most were not the mainstream vendors. And maybe that's because I'm not mainstream and that's totally fine. Um, but I was glad to see a little bit of, um, what's the best word? Oh, uh, a lot more variety than what I had expected had I looked at the venue as a whole. Um, a lot of the vendors in the arena began packing up between one and two, even though the show went on until three. So not only were there not a lot of people coming, not a lot of customers coming into the arena, um, but there were already people packing up because it was like miserably cold um, in the arena. Um, one of the things that really did, um, kind of hurt my feelings, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, was that not one of the organizers came around to check on vendors in the arena. And in fact, I didn't see any organizers at all. If they did show up, they did not introduce themselves. They did not talk to us as vendors. Um, and that didn't make me feel welcome. And 
To be fair, um, I talked to several of vendors that had been a part of this show for several years, and they've been really happy with the show as a whole. So obviously mine was not the typical experience, um, but I'm not sure if I'll ever do this show again if I'm outside. It, their shows are in March for Easter. They're in like October-ish, uh, like September, October for like a fall theme. And then they have one in December for a Christmas or a holiday, you know, using that in air quotes, but it's the South and it's the Bible Belt and it's Christmas, right? Um, and I was talking to the girl next to me and she said that they were there for the Christmas show in 2021 and it was 20 degrees outside and they were freezing and they had better sales at that market where it was 20 degrees outside than they had at this sale, uh, just a couple weekends ago. So, um, you know, that, that definitely gives me information to work on. Um, I don't quite understand why they're doing shows outside. If there's such a, they're in a higher elevation, they're higher up in the mountains. There's more, um, there's more chances of wind. There's more chances of snow. Um, and in fact, uh, I had, um, found out about another market in Marshall, North Carolina, which is, uh, pretty far north, I think. Yes, pretty far north from where I am, probably closer to like an hour north of where I am. Um, and uh, the person who suggested it said, oh, it's an indoor show. You'll love it. We usually do really great there. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, let me look them up. Let me apply. So I applied. I got in, paid my dues. And then they're like, oh, hey, um, if you don't see your name on the list for um, the inside, that means you're going to be outside. And we'll get that in a couple of days, which it is now Wednesday. And if I were to do the show on Saturday, I would still have no idea where I am. And that was one of the other things with this show. I didn't know where my spot was going to be until the day before, like the morning before the show, where I was going to be setting up later on that afternoon, um, which is, I have my own feelings about that. <laughs> Working as an organizer, I I just can't fathom it. Um, there's just, there's a lot of things that, uh, that were not, um, up to the standard of what I would expect of a professional organizer for one of these events. Um, so anyways, I realized that I am supposed to be outside in next weekend, in this coming weekend's market. And there's like a 50% chance of snow and I'm supposed to be an outside vendor as a customer. I don't want to come to a show and be outside looking at people's items when it's snowing. That's just not, that's just not where I am in my life. <laughs> um, I am so glad that there are people that are uh, gung-ho enough about it to, um, to really go for it and be like, you know, all in like, yeah, we're doing this in the snow. Um, but that's not, um, that's not where I am right now. Um, so I am going to cancel, which means that I will lose my booth fee. Um, so, so far this year, I have not made enough to actually pay for this booth yet. Um, I usually, you know, my, 
um, my time, my limit litmus test for success is, you know, have I paid for my booth and have I, do I have extra money left over? And so far I've had a little bit of extra. I think the first show I had like $60 and the second show I had $9. Um, so, you know, I, I, as little as I made, I do still consider them successes because I did make my booth fee back. Um, I did make sales after the fact, but, uh, it's still very disheartening. Um, so I'm going to cancel. I'm going to lose $45 and, um, I'm headed to the beach. You know what? It's supposed to be super gorgeous this week and next week, and then supposed to be pretty cold and gloomy this weekend. And I would much rather go to the beach, have sunshine, than have to worry about setting up a booth in the cold, in the snow, where I may or may not get money. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just not my bag, right? So with these two shows back to back and being stressed over, making sure that I had enough product and poor sales, I'm having kind of a tough time mentally. Um, there are a lot of questions like, should I be doing this? Can I do this? What can I be doing differently? Um, if these shows aren't my target audience, then how many more can I, like how many more shows can I lose money at before I find the right shows? If my aren't, items aren't selling, then they must be subpar. No one wants to buy the things I sell and on and on and on. I keep trying to keep my head up and remind myself that I have sold two custom dolls, two bunnies and sold some older stock. So there are sales being made. There are people who want the items that I make, but it can be really disheartening when things aren't taking off the way I'd envision them. I've experienced a lot of imposter syndrome and I have a hard time bringing myself out of that. My friend Rebecca is a certified life coach and I've seen her several times and this is something that I have been working on with her. Um, I do highly recommend her as a life coach. Uh, it's not just like I used to think it was like some this like woo woo thing that, you know, just talked a lot. And while there is a lot of talking, there's also a lot of self-discovery and I have been incredibly vulnerable with her and um, it has really helped me quite a bit. And I'm going to be taking some time to go back over the lessons that I've learned with her and read over my notes and start um, practicing some of the, um, the therapies that I had done with her. Uh, like there's one that I really love, um, write it, say it, erase it, replace it, where you write down, uh, the word of your negative thought, you say it many times until like, it almost doesn't even make sense. You erase that word and then you replace it with the feeling that you want to feel. Um, so that is something that I'm going to be working on the next couple of days to kind of help bring myself out of this, uh, discouraged state. Um, I do have some pretty clear goals, uh, but now I'm thinking that I need to flesh them out uh, even a little bit more. I want to apply to the garage, but I'm nervous that I won't be able to afford a spot. Um, I talked to the lady that brings vendors in when we were at Junk in the Trunk, and she may be looking for vendors that have small amounts of stock or don't want a full booth and having a section just for those. Um or even having just a really small section, like a two foot section that I can bring stuff in as I make it. I also want to have printed copies of my patterns available, um, I, which is something that I still need to work on. Uh, I have several ideas and sketches, but I also want to make sure that everything is as polished and complete as possible. 
I also want to apply to show and tell. Um, they have, they have, it's a show and tell pop-up shop. They're amazing. I feel like I could buy something from every single vendor in there, which tells me that I might be a good fit for their, um, vendor as well. Um, let's see what else, what else, what else? Oh, they have a lot of shows in Asheville. Um, and I think that would be a really good market for me. Uh, and then a longer term goal is to move to my own website, Etsy is raising rates again, and there are a lot of small sellers that are kind of getting pushed out. Um, they're raising the rates to six and a half percent and as well as um, a certain amount, which right now is 20 cents per listing per month. So if you have a hundred listings, that's what 20 bucks a month just to list them. And then when you get a sale, it's six and a half percent on top of that. Um, not to mention there are also, um, fees for, excuse me, for credit card use. Um, they charge you six and a half percent on the total amount, which also includes shipping and taxes. So it's just, you know, when you're a small business, when you're a small, small business that cuts out a lot of the profit that you have. So as I started writing this episode, uh, I had originally started, I originally wanted to talk about creativity and what it means to me and what I think it is, how I feel about it, how I incorporate other people's um, creativity into my own, but really it came out completely different. And I really hope that me talking about my um, non-positive because, you know, they're not, they're not always negative experiences. I can always learn something from the two, from the shows that I've done that were, um, not great. Um, but they weren't exactly positive experiences either. And that's been really helpful. I don't want to discourage anyone from being a vendor at any craft shows. And please know that there have been many successful ones that I've attended in the past and putting my items out into the world can take a toll on my mental health. It can be tough to feel like I'm not good enough or that I don't have what it takes to, su to succeed or that I'm not competent enough to manage my time and productivity well enough. So doing these things really does, you know, I'm putting myself out there. Um, I do feel like I kind of bare my soul when I, you know, I make these things with my hands. That is, they become a part of me because they're coming from me. Um, one thing that Rebecca had quoted at me once was, uh, I'm made in the making. So not only am I making something, but as I make it, I'm learning more about myself as well. And if I continue to put stuff out there and it is not, um, taken up or received in the way that I think it should be, you know, that I take that to heart and maybe I shouldn't, and maybe that's something that I need to be working on a little bit more, but that's where I am right now. At the end of the day, I do love what I do. Uh, I would manipulate fiber with my hands, whether it was only for myself and never made any money doing it, which I have done for a long time. I make and create because I was called to have the talent to do so. I'm just hoping that I have enough to make this into my job as well as my passion. And with that, my friends, I hope you continue to make things and create things that inspire and ignite you. You can join me over on Instagram at knit so craft podcast and tag me in the product, uh, you know, on the items that you're working on. I'd love to see them. 
or you can find me at the blog at knitsocraft.wordpress.com, or you can email me privately to have a conversation. I'm at nittynerdy at gmail.com. I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Um, next week's podcast, I might be doing at the beach. So <laughs> stay tuned for those ocean waves, right? I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Let's talk about your projects. Follow me on Instagram at knit so craft podcast and tag us in your projects. I love seeing what amazing things other people are working on. You can find links to the items I talk about in the show notes or head over to my blog to see photos and links at knitsocraft.wordpress.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a like, subscribe, and leave a positive review on the podcast app you're using. If you'd like to get in touch with me privately, my email is nittynerdy at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-T-T-Y-N-E-R-D-Y at gmail.com. And until next week, keep knitting, keep sewing, keep crafting.